Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's DC Movie News. In the Great Hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Boom! Welcome back, friends, to DC Movie News. I'm Roxy Stryer, and alongside, he's always here. So, Mikey Christmas, uh, also I was on Mikeonowski underscore one. You, un- I'm, I'm I, I had a thing playing. You had no. You muted yourself. Well, I'm muted because I got a dog barking in the background. I don't want that to come on. But I've got good audio today. We fixed it from last time. I'm here. I'm here. Also, you got the gun show going on too. The gun show. This is my quarantine look. Yeah, well, a quarantine look that I have seen more often than the other man who I'm so excited to see his quarantine look. He's back. Business is better than ever. Adam Gertler in the house. Hey, so good I'm, to be back joining you guys. I'm glad to hear that, that your business is booming, buddy. That's well, fantastic. I'm it, guessing that because I'm you're here. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing because you're here that things are going well enough for you to be here. Well, all that means is like the difficulty with running any business, a lot of people will tell you is that it's hard to find good people to work it. And so, um, you know, when you're the owner of the business, if you don't have someone to work the shift or someone doesn't show up or they quit or whatever, you have to do it. So there were a couple of weeks there where I was working on the line, closing the restaurant, opening it, and it was really starting to tear me apart physically. And now we're getting better and better and the people that are there are like dependable and it's really exciting. It is, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm luckier than most people during this period to be part of like a making something because it's kept me occupied if nothing else. That's well, I'm great. really happy for you. And That's awesome. even, even happier that you can be on the show today with us. Well, uh, you know, this, uh, what we're talking about today is probably the first movie I ever saw in a theater, like when it actually came out. So no was, way. Yeah. Wow. I have, uh, a, I have a very vivid memory of that night. Interestingly enough, what we're talking about, I think it might be the first time that I ever saw the movie because as I was watching it, I didn't have any recollection of this movie oh at my all. God. So that's a good tease for Superman 2, guys. That and as is we the know, movie. As uh, we know what, Mikey? That Ryan Nelson, that was, he thought was Superman the movie. That's right. Yeah, yes, last week he did. So, he thought they were the same. but they lots, are, of, lots of you guys uh, with different opinions and different varying uh, uh, introductions to Superman 2. We also have some actual DC news this week. It's been a minute since we had some, week, uh, some news to talk about. So we'll yes, be going ma'am. over that. I know that it's made... News left, right, and center, what Robert Pattinson has been talking about. I got things to say about it, too. I know. I'm excited to hear that. Protesting with your guns? Real quick, though. This is is Ryan the Booth. I think we're going to need... Ryan. How are you doing? I think we're going to need some extra help today. uh, Oh, because we have so many stories? Because we have so many stories. What do you got for us? It was was sad when, um, when I heard the voiceover say these four superheroes and i'm like i only count three not that you're not a superhero ryan but you're not uh, <laughs> and 
it was sad. So I wish, I wish we did have a fourth person. Oh, yeah, is, it, is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's, it's Ooh. what? Whoa! Oh! Look who it is! Johnny What's up, everybody? What the hey? You gotta oh. fly in. All right, fine. I'll ah! do it. Oh. Jay Quasto back. Uh, when is Family. when did we get you last on this show? Why we're graced with your presence today? You haven't been here for a minute. So happy for yeah. you to be here. Family. Today. Oh, it's good to see. It's been I think since early April of last year. Wow. And Long I figured time. if hold on, if y'all were going to April of last year, so over a year ago. Over uh-huh. a year ago, my really? friend. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap! Time flies when you're <clears throat> in quarantine. Man. Yep, and you know, I figured if you guys had to kneel before Zod, I might as well join you. <laughs> Johnny, does that mean that you also have watched Superman 2? I did. I talked to Ryan, uh, and he said, hey, if you're going to jump in, let's watch Superman 2. I said, I will do that. And so I did watch it, and boy, the story behind it, I think, is just as intriguing as the movie. But we'll get to it. Roxy, you lead the show. It's good to see everyone, and it's exciting to, to join you guys. Well, I actually don't know much about the story behind it, so I'm excited to hear all that from you guys. But before we get into Superman 2 talk, let's talk a little bit about what's gone on this week. And yes, there's some TV time stuff to talk about as well. Actually, there's a lot of TV time, happy. yeah. Yeah. Con- considering what we've had. But we'll start with Robert Pattinson, guys. He mm. admitted to not working out during quarantine And some people thought, good for you. And some people thought, how dare you? Uh, It was, he made a few (laughs) strong statements that I want to get to. Um, One of them being that when they were talking about other people like, uh, like Ben Affleck or Kumail Nanjiani, uh, he said, I think if you're working out all the time, you're part of the problem. You set a precedent. No one was doing this in the 70s. Even James Dean, he wasn't exactly ripped. What do you guys make of this off the bat that Robert Pattinson has said he's not heavily working out in quarantine? He was left uh, with one BOSU ball and a weight from WB and his trainer and that he can't seem to motivate himself and it's just not the time. How are you guys feeling? Adam, thoughts on the possible that man will have i'll say it's easy for him to say when he's kind of ripped anyway like he's maybe not jacked but the guy is kind of shredded and i can tell you as someone that exercises a lot i can never look as cut or ripped as he does um and people that do that don't have it naturally have to do intense intense dieting intense eating um and ultimately i say what i always say with regard to this is we trust in matt reeves robert pattinson he likes to troll the audience he likes to poke at people and he should but matt reeves is not going to put a batman on that doesn't fulfill the needs of his batman and robert pattinson is not about to risk the hundreds of millions of dollars flowing his way over the next three movies because he's going to be too skinny i wouldn't take it too seriously folks Mikey, you said you had thoughts. Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, let's let's go back a second because I don't ever remember big tweets or big posts about Robert Pattinson doing a massive workout routine to begin with. Like he was not doing a hey, here's Kumil Nunjani, you know, look at what I'm looking for for Immortals. Like they never posted pictures of him and his trainer. In a there gym, were pictures there were those pictures from the beach. Do you but remember? That's, but that was not him working out, that was not him. Hey, busting my ass for Batman, guys. So and so trainer from so and so, 
gym has got me going. There was never any of that. You know, um, Zoe Kravitz has said, hey, my trainer's been doing this and this, and I'm doing fight training with Robert. But Pattinson never tweeted out pictures of him. And, he, and I think that's what he speaks to of all these people that are like, look how good I look. Look at my body. I can't do this all the time, but I've got in this Marvel's way of training me and I'm killing it. He doesn't do that. And I think that's what he's speaking against. He's like, hey, I'm not body putting anyone out there. He didn't tweet any pictures of him. Like, look how good I look. Thank God WB's got me going on this workout regimen. I think working out for him as far as an actor is probably one of the last things he's thinking about with Batman. I don't think we ever gave crap and people say that um, Michael Keaton's the best Batman of all time. They didn't say that when he had his dad bought out there as Batman. I think it's bullshit. I think there were a couple people on the internet that went, man, baby, ridiculous. You are a pathetic fandom troll. If you came at this man saying you, you expect it and you deserve it from Robert Pattinson, he doesn't know us anything. We don't even know if he's Ben Affleck as great a shape as he got in for that movie was done for those two scenes of him working out in the gym where we showed him shirtless. His other suit. A lot of that was CG. A lot of that was. Yeah. And they even said that they sweetened it up a little bit. And there's talk that they even kind of toned him down a little bit. So it's like, I don't give a rat's ass if we're never going to see him without his shirt on in this movie, which we don't need to see Bruce Wayne without his shirt on. I don't care. All right, let's check in with Johnny. Let's check in. Johnny, I know it's been a minute since you've had to have a hot take on this show, but you're back uh, and talk to us. What are you thinking? Abs, no abs? How are you feeling about this? Well, first off, I'd like to know what it costs to get CGI abs. Like that might be something I would (laughs) toss a few bucks at because I'm tired of this keto diet. It's not there yet. So (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, I guess it all depends on what the role calls for. None of us have seen the script. Right. So- we don't know how many fight scenes are in, but for me, I, my thing, my thought process is you're hired for a certain job. You do whatever it takes to do that certain job. So for, for Pattinson to say, Oh, it sets a bad precedent. Dude, these are superhero movies. Every precedent's already been set. It's 2020. I don't know what you're talking about. It sets a bad precedent. Like no one's asking him to be Dave Batista, but I think being in the kind of shape Chris Pratt got in for, for guardians is reasonable. I mean, if you're going to be a superhero, if you're going to be Batman, who is a mortal human well, being who needs to be in good shape to fight, wouldn't you want to be in the best shape possible? To me, it's it's difficult for me to get in his you, mindset when we're all doing home workouts. It's you you made a good, right Johnny, you make a good point, though. But to that thing, like, look at Chris Pratt in Guardians, who up until that point, we had only seen him as, you know, we knew him as the guy from Parks and Rec. Right. who was schlubby. So he did that whole for zero dark 30 and get in that shape. And everyone was like, holy crap, here's the chubby guy from Parks and Rec getting serious. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, except for that one scene of him being you know, hosed down in the prison, it wouldn't matter how big he was. As long as he was healthy and in shape. Like, And then also, um, who else did you mention in there? Um, Batista. Uh, not Batista. Uh, I, I had another point. Um, no. Yeah, Kumail, good for him. He got in. Yeah, that was great. Ooh. But again... That's his personal choice. And I, I think, I don't know, like we've seen pictures of, of him uh, on set in his stunt double. His stunt double and him are going to look very similar in that bat suit in the rain on the bike. He looked great. I, Can I, I, I feel like it? Pat. I, I'm, not, I'm not with you guys on this one. What's your thoughts? I'm not feeling you guys on this one. I, well, it seems like Johnny and I are completely ends of the different spectrum. So well, what's I, your thoughts? I think I'm closer to Johnny, uh, than I am to you, Mikey and Mikey, you and Adam seem more in li- aligned in this one. But uh, to me, if, 
you're you want to compare this to the 70s you think that we could drop people from the 70s into movies today and that people would be happy with their performances there's a lot of stuff that they were doing in the 70s that nobody would be happy about in 2020 and i thought that it was such a strange and you guys know i'm a huge Arbats person I, I this was my number one person for the role and i still am but this is what this is what performers do. They transform their body. And I don't know that Robert Pattinson has to for Batman, but for him to point at other people and say, if you're working out all the time, you're part of the problem. So what, you're going to say that to uh, Charlize Theron? Anytime she gains or loses weight, Christian Bale for the 50 roles they do it for, people talk about how they're transforming and how this is part of what it takes to be a star and to really embody a role. And I think... And it doesn't mean that Batman has to be ripped, but he's got to be in pretty good shape. He's Batman. That's yeah. part of the job. But I think, Roxy, I think that's the point. And is that like, I think he's going to do everything he needs to do. And Johnny kind of said this for this movie. And so I think he's free to troll and like to, to just for people to just assume that you have to look like a comic book character in real life, again, without knowing the movie they're making is ignorant. So those people should be trolled. You don't know the movie, so you know and when he's talking about '70s movies, there is a grittiness, there is a, a reality. I hope this movie has a little bit more of that, and it's maybe not just as comic booky. Maybe it, it feels more lived in of a world, and Batman needs to be um, practically as in shape as anyone, but not necessarily ready to walk on stage in a bodybuilding contest, which <laughs> are different, right? They're different skill think- sets, right? Yeah, I think people are taking his term differently. You've got to look at this as Pattinson is an actor's actor. And he's sitting there going, hey, back in the day, James Dean wasn't worrying about being in shape for this movie and being completely ripped. He was coming in, doing the work for what he was doing. He's not comparing an actor in the 70s to an actor today. He's comparing what the actor, you know, the process of what he was doing for his character. He was like... And do you think, Mikey, Mikey. that working out, your health, your fitness could be part of preparation for a character? Sure, but I look at this. Here's another great example. Zach Levi, who we knew got in great shape. But then again, when they put the suit on there, everyone's like, why did he work out? All he's got these padded muscles on anyway. It didn't because matter. It helps him to embody the and character. And that's for him personally. So maybe for Robert Pattinson, he doesn't need that to embody Batman. He doesn't need, like Christian Bale said, Which he never fine, said. Which is fine, Mike. And if his statement had been a total respect for all the people who are working out for their characters, for me, I don't need that for Batman. Right. That's one thing. But what he said was, you guys are the problem. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff he says, Roxy. You know, he's, he's always trolling. He, like, look at all the interviews this guy does. He's not a guy who's going to say what you think he should say. And honestly, right. I found that to me more appealing about him. Yeah, yeah I actually love this, that he said this. I, 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 this made me an even bigger fan of Pattinson. Right. And the fact, that he's, the fact that he's getting people, the, 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 the fandom, which I am a massive fan. I have bat suits in my house. I've dressed up in a Batman costume. I am We've probably seen. one of the best, biggest Batman fans in the world. Uh, here yes. my desk, By the way, Mikey, surrounded- I have to interject here. Mikey, yes, uh, Mikey made a great birthday message to both my nephews in full Batman regalia. It was unbelievable. These, that's great. My on my desk. I know Batman. I am one of the biggest Batman fan in the world. And I love the fact that Pattinson's like saying, screw you. And the fact that people are like, he's not Batman. He needs to put the work in. He needs to work out and respect <laughs> the fandom. He doesn't respect us. He's got dang owed it. 
You are a man, baby. You're disgusting. You're the reason that fandom sucks if you're out there doing this. Robert Pattinson okay. doesn't owe you a damn thing. Okay, once no, again, I'm going to disagree a little bit. As someone thing. who works in an industry um, full of a very, very strong fan base, you got to know your room. And if Pattinson knew that he was digging at the fans, then good for him. He can do that. But if you are getting paid millions of dollars to play Batman, I don't think it's too much to ask if you work out hard for 60 minutes a day and have an amazing diet. If you do both of those things, you're going to look fine. And that might be the case. Maybe we're overblowing what Pattinson said. I just found it very intriguing to me because if I get asked to do something like Batman, best believe I'm going to be in the best shape possible for it. I know he's a great actor. That's not, I'm not denying that. But I think, you know, like Roxy said, I think, you know, you can do a little bit more there. And, and to, to quote one of Roxy's favorite people in life, uh, Bill Belichick, do your job. <laughs> do your job. And who's uh, saying that he's not doing his job that he was hired for by let, Matt Reeves? Let me use that as a closing line and transition, Mike. Let me okay. use it as a transition <laughs> into our next topic, guys, uh, which I want to talk a little bit about BVS. But no, I am not talking about the BVS that we all saw and loved or didn't love so much. I'm talking about the early 2000s possible BVS that uh, has come to surface this week, longtime screenwriter, producer, and director Akiva Goldsman is shedding some light on one of those mm. scrapped superhero projects. I love when these things come up. Uh, from yeah. the past. It was supposed to be directed by Wolfgang Peterson, and it was supposed to star Colin Farrell as Batman and Jude Law as Superman. Uh, and then actually, I think that he gave a quote. Yeah, Goldsman spoke to Collider about it. So here's what he had to say. He said, I wrote on this version of Batman v Superman around 2001 or 2002 when Colin Farrell was cast as Batman and Jude Law was cast as Superman and Wolfgang Peter Wolfgang Peterson was directing. Yes. Well, what? I just remember this Wolfgang yeah. Peterson being mm -hmm. attacked. Just remembering. Yeah. He said we were in prep and it was the darkest thing you've ever seen. It started with Alfred's funeral and Bruce has fallen in love and renounced being Batman. The Joker kills his wife, and then you discover it was all a lie. Just that the love itself was constructed by the Joker to break Bruce. It was a time where you would be able to get these sort of stories together in script form, but they couldn't quite land in the world. Somehow, the expectations of the object, whether they be audience or corporate or directorial, it wasn't landing quite the same, quite in the way I think we imagined when we put them on the page. What do you guys make of that? Johnny, I'm coming to you on this one. Thoughts on uh, BVS of 2000? Do you want to see a Colin Farrell, Jude Law? Any surprises here? I would have been down, especially when you see what the supposed story was and how I'm, I'm a fan of superhero movies being dark as possible because, you know, they're not real life. They're supposed to be over the top. And the fact that, um, what was it? Uh, Joker kills Batman's wife, but then it's, it's all, it was all a ruse where Joker set up Batman to, to, to have his wife killed, even though she never really loved him or something to that extent. I was just like, wow, that's some evil stuff. And I'm not sure how Superman would have came into it, but uh, I would have enjoyed it for sure. Adam, what is this intense stare that you have going on? I'm just wondering, like, you know, this is a pre-MCU world, right? So before everybody was thinking about the shared universes and everything, this would have taken, you know, this would have taken the studio having faith in an audience to accept 
a Batman non-canonically connected to Val Kilmer or Michael Keaton, but just to kind of say, hey, you get it, it's Batman, you know who Alfred is, you know who all the players are, let's go, we're gonna tell this unique story. And in theory, I love that idea of being able to just tell a story without having to build up a whole backstory because you're giving the audience credit for knowing the world. Um, but I'm not surprised it didn't happen. <laughs> Mikey, what do you think of the sound of this? Uh, I have read this script. I have that script. And really? to say, yeah, to say that's the darkest thing ever is maybe back then in 2001 it was, but by today's standards, it's nothing. It's, Mike, how it, do you have the script? I Googled it online years ago. And I have lots of it? scripts. I have the original Batman uh, 2 script when uh, that it was going to be a lot different than what we got in the theater. What would you um, say this was as dark as? What does it feel like to you? It's hard. Like it, it reminds me of a Daredevil in 2003, like dark like that. It, hmm. it, by today's standards, it's not dark at all. That's not very dark. No, it's not dark at all. And it's interesting because it was kind of cool. There was a great scene of Bruce, a uh, Batman breaking into a LexCorp facility. It was really cool. Um, but like, I think, and if I remember correctly, Bruce's, I think his wife is killed by a bee, like a poison bee or something. That might be, that might be the Justice League mortal script, but I think it was this Batman versus Superman. I'm, I'm going to go look back and read it again. Um, I've never even been stung by a bee, but it's I'm like, scared. like, it's interesting because I read the script and it wasn't anything exciting, but then I read the script for Justice League mortal and that was a mess as well. But knowing that George Miller was going to do that to see what kind of filmmaker he is, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I think when he says, I'm hoping he means when he's saying it's as dark as you think I've ever seen in context of almost 20 years ago. Because today, by this standards, nowhere near. Batman versus Superman is much darker. Okay. And you know, it'd be interesting to see what the fans, and you could see what the fans wanted because this is like you, Adam had said, this was pre-MCU. You know, this was something that the fans would have embraced. I mean, and I, like I said, like if BBS came out before Iron Man in 2008, it would have been embraced completely differently. Well, we like Adam some... said, these were, you know, we had to go into this movie with the world, like you knew who these characters were. We weren't being introduced to everyone. I mean, Batman was getting married, so there you go. And it while we're talking about a... bees, uh, Roxy, you don't have to worry about bees anymore. It's all about murder hornets. So I know, that's bee. what I hear. That's what I hear. I'm scared of the murder hornets. I'm scared of everything these days. Uh, as are many people, because there are a lot of businesses that are currently failing, but one business that is booming is DC Universe, which sees it. 35% jump in readership during COVID-19. Uh, this was not surprising to me one bit because they are, maybe it is surprising to Adam though. Uh, you said readership, but not subscriptions, right? No, readership, readership. Yeah. Uh, but I still think that they've been looking for something to drive the platform. So 35% increase in readership, you Roxy. would think that that would translate, no? Where did all the movies go? I don't know. I couldn't find Superman 2 on there. It was there. There were just like, I feel like there were a lot of movies and now they're all the animated movies and there's not a lot of movies on DC Universe. They can't keep their own movies there. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I, I don't know. I was sure that when we decided we were going to watch Superman 2 that it would be there. Then I typed it in. I couldn't find it. I figured I just typed it wrong. I had a hard time finding Superman 2 in general because what do you do? You type in Superman, then the number 2. You type yeah. in Superman I.I. I, I I tried both ways. It wasn't popping up on my thing. So I find it finally found it on Amazon. But yeah, I don't know. I couldn't find it on DC Universe. Adam, you looked there too? I mean, I did. And I was really hoping, like, especially during the time of COVID, this is when you want to just watch those comforty blanket movies. And I know that 
even though a studio owns a film, they essentially have to lease or rent the library for a certain amount of time. I understand there's all kinds of internal rights, even though it's all under the same AT&T, they have to, but it, it just seems to me that like, they're really shaving away at what DC Universe can do because of this HBO Max thing. And I just think it's a crime that you don't have all four Superman movies on DC Universe. I can't believe, I mean, like, it's really frustrating. And they were for a, re, there were for a time they there. They sure were, Mikey. Yeah. They absolutely And were. I don't know, you're, you're 100% right. And all the Batman films were as well. So all I don't know, them, yes. I don't know what's going on with them. Why not doing the that. Nolan ones, maybe, but the, the first. No, not the Nolan, but the original four in the 90s were. Yeah, have you're you right. Have you guys been reading comic books on DC Universe? I absolutely have. I am loving um, DC Universe right now, especially because the comics. I, I started rewriting the old, or rereading the old Batman Beyond series back from the early oh, cool. late 90s yeah so you're part of 35 percent. i'm loving it i i think this app is i love it the, the comics especially yeah all right let's move on to tv time guys because you know it's always my favorite time of day is it we didn't know that well <laughs> i don't even know during pandemic do we have a tv time theme song drop there he goes. No song. Did he today. just say Sorry, no song? <laughs> oh my god, that was like the saddest whisper I've ever heard. I know. Yeah. No, no like, song today. I wish I had it on my phone. No song. Move forward. There's no song. Roxanne. You're drawing no too much attention to the lack of song. <laughs> There's no song. Don't draw attention to it. Uh, Roxy, would this help, Roxy? <laughs> very much so. Thank TV you. Time. Air horns for TV time. Actually, a few things happening in TV time this week. Uh, the CW was revealing their new slate as so many things got pushed, even non-DC related. I know we're getting Supernaturals coming to the fall and there are tons of stuff. But Adam, th- looking at you for this one, because Swamp Thing going to CW? I, I mean, what what's even happening here? How are you feeling? How does that work? Um, I'm, I'm happy more people are going to see it. I think there's going to have to be some editing done because I think there's certainly some language and a lot of gore. Um, you know, people have suggested that, you know, well, could this lead to a resurrection of the show? And if they brought the show back on CW, I think I'd be more upset than if it just stayed gone. Because <laughs> right now the poster just says, coming, it's a swamp thing, coming 2020, the CW. Uh, and then underneath it says DW, DC's Swamp Thing uh, season one is coming this fall to the CW. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing about picking it up again. No, it's, it's really just to fill airtime because studios are all closed. Nothing's in production right now. Yeah, but based on what I saw from Swamp Thing, they're really going to have to make some major, major cuts to it. Right. It's not a CW. It's not fit for CW. I feel like... Well, they probably could do that easily. I mean... I guess. I, don't know. I could be wrong. I don't I know. I guess. It feels like it takes I, away the essence, but... Adam, I, do hope, I do hope it gets, like, you know, really good ratings, and maybe they bring it back on HBO Max. But it seems like, again, this version of Swamp Thing is dead as dead can be, and the next time we see Swamp Thing will be in another iteration. I think that's for sure. Well, a show that we are all loving, Doom Patrol, uh, season two premiere date on HBO Max is coming June 25th. How are you guys feeling about Doom Patrol season two, June 25? Um. Yeah, all for it. Like, why that was, are you so stoked, Mikey? I thought you'd be amped on this one. I am, but that was my kind of least favorite of the of the shows. Not least no favorite. I, I enjoyed them. Uh, you know me, Roxy. I'm more straightforward with my superhero yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're like, a Titans dude. Like Titans guy. Yeah, I'm a Titans dude. Although I'm loving Harley Quinn. So, 
Holy yeah. God, what would they get away with on that show? Jesus. Where are you at now? Still season one, Ben? I just watched the Bar Mitzvah. Oh, oh so God. good. Oh, Wait, so, Mike, that's the Holy question Christ. that I asked them about because I know, was... and I couldn't talk about it because yeah. I hadn't seen it yet. So I just yeah. sat there like, mm, okay, I like the show. But Mike, what was his name? Josh Cobblepot, the, 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 his nephew. <laughs> he talks so about, I don't want to say it on the air because it's R-rated, but oh my God, it was great. Well, you certainly couldn't say it on CW. Uh, yeah. Who's going to be watching this? Adam, are I'll you watch in it, for Doom Patrol season two? I was a big fan of Doom Patrol. I think what I loved so much about those first couple of series is how different they were. I thought Titans, Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing were like covering all the bases. They didn't feel like the same show like CW can feel like. Uh, and I was so excited about where that was going to go. And now it seems like it'll only go as far as HBO Max will allow it to go. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really funny, smart writing, got a lot of critical uh, um, praise. And I think when HBO Max launches, a lot of people are going to see season one for the first time. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Um, speaking of new shows that people will be seeing for the first time, though, the CW was teasing more DC animated projects on CW Seed. I don't think this comes as a surprise to people because what can you do right now when you're in quarantine? You can animate things. Yeah. <laughs> is that how it works, Johnny? That's how yeah. you... Ooh. As you guys know, I'm a cartoonist myself, and this is how they That's do what it. he does in his off time. You know, Roxy, it's funny you say this, the CW Seed. I don't know, and I don't know what it is about this, net, the, this CW Seed. They don't promote this. Have you guys seen the first episode of Deathstroke? Because it was awesome. No. And, and it, I, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. It's like a half hour long. And I was like, when can what I see the next? What is it animated? It's animated. It's Deathstroke. It's great. And I was like, when can I see this again? From when? when? I watched this back in February, I think. And I, I don't like, even know what you're talking about. There's a Deathstroke animated show on the CW. CW Seed put out a Deathstroke animated series. Yes, it's online, CW Seed. And then I was like, when can I watch the next episode? I think it comes out next year. I was like, What? <laughs> I get a half hour episode and I have to wait a year for another half hour episode. Like, I don't know what the CWC, like what they're trying to pull or why. Cause I know we've gotten the Ray and the freedom fighters Vixen. Vixen. Yeah. I think star girl might've had one on there. And I'm like, why are you not like, it, it seems like it's throwaway content for them. And I'm like, was, why are you the Deathstroke was so good. Was Maddie Bennett know. the voice? Uh, no, uh-uh. and it, it was a different take than the arrow guy. It was a very different, it was classic Slade Wilson. He was older. He had a wife, a daughter, um, it's, I'm it's at R-rated. The chat for a second, it's, it's, by the way, rated or PG, heavily PG thirteen. Mikey, I'm looking at the chat right now. We are yeah. live every single Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time on the Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, Ivan Soto says Deathstroke episode was graphic. Oof. Yeah, and it was voiced by Michael Chiklis. It was, it was great. Voiced by Michael Chiklis. Uh, that's, cool. that's what he's saying. Oh, I'm telling you, this was great. Go watch it. It's like a half hour long, and I'm just pissed off. When I got done, I was like, when am I going to watch next episode? Next week? No, next year. I Ooh. bet Michael Chiklis didn't work out for the role either, which is pretty disappointing. Very it disappointing. It's rude of him. It's very, very disappointing. Rude. When someone hires Chiklis. you, you need to work out for it. Okay, if he was joking, then let him live in his joke. You guys are bullying now. You're bullying the bullies. Don't bully the bullies, friends. God forbid we do that. Speaking of people who don't like bullies, look at my transitions today on fire. Superman, baby. Superman <laughs> is not a fan of bullies. And we see that in Superman 2. You guys ready to discuss oh, I'm, Superman 2? Am, am I ever? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Adam, you said you had seen this movie in theaters. I, I very uh, clearly remember, I must have been three and a half years old, right? This wow. is 1980 this came out or 80, 81? 80. 
80. March okay. of 80, I believe. So I remember being driven from Long Island to New York City, meeting up with my dad who worked in the city, going to the theater. I remember a big, you know, um, uh, stand up or pop up outside the theater. It felt more majestic because this is pre-multiplexes. It was a mm -hmm. big deal. And I don't even remember watching the movie as much as I remember that, but I do know I've seen Superman 2 almost more than any other film in my life. I just, it was always on growing up as a kid. Um, and you're much less discerning as a kid, I think. It's a movie is either amazing or boring. And this was a movie I, I never got sick of. It was Superman versus supervillains. And that's all I needed. Yeah, buddy. Johnny, How do you remember you? your first time with Superman 2? You asking me? Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to ask Adam, how old were you? About three, three. and a half going to the Yeah, theater? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I must have had a boring childhood. I don't remember anything before like four and a half. That it's, is. It's one of my first memories that I can remember. I mean, it honestly is like a first memory. I can't remember anything really before that, but I, I mean, I've always loved these kind of characters and like that had a huge impact on me. Plus the big deal of it, like, my mom driving into the city was not something she would do a lot. If you've ever driven in Manhattan, it is terrifying. Yeah. And um, it was just a huge deal. And I go to Superman 2, there was just a lot of majesty about it, you know. Um, so it stuck with me. There you go. I actually don't have an early Superman 2 memory. I have one from Superman 3, but maybe I should save it and come back on when you guys do Superman woo, 3. Woo, 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 woo. Come back yeah, on. So, uh, but you Mikey, do just rewatch... You did just rewatch Superman 2. Did you yeah. have initial, was there an initial reaction? Was it better than you think you remembered it? Uh, considering everything that it took to get the film out and it took a couple of years and you had Richard Donner not getting along with Spangler and then Donner's like, I'm out. And then Hackman says, well, then I'm out. So you have to do ADR. You have to get a stunt double. You have to have basically a new director put in 60% of the film after Donner leaves. It's kind of a miracle it even got released. Um, with that said, I think it definitely has some holes, but I'd like to hear you guys talk about that before I throw out my little spiel. Mikey, I know we were on similar pages last yeah. week about Superman the movie. Um, Superman 2, for some reason, I do remember, like Adam, I remember it better than I remember the first one when I was a kid. Um, because as a kid, it was like so colorful. And I know I say colorful, but like the villains yeah. were so much bigger. It wasn't just Lex Luthor. And a, it was like super villain. So as a kid, you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I remember as a, especially as a kid, I grew up in, in Buffalo, New York, which is right near Niagara Falls. So that whole Niagara Falls sequence mm -hmm. just was like, oh my God, I know that. I know where they are right now. Um, you grew up where? Buffalo, New York. That's where I'm from. Until I mean, I, when? I mean, I grew up in Florida, but I was yeah, born in New what? York. Yeah, Buffalo, New York, upstate New York. It's right down the border of Canada. When did you move to Florida? When I was six. You guys all oh. thought he was from Florida, right? I mean, I lived in Florida majority of my life, but I was born in New York. I'm upstate New York. Adam, have you ever known that Mike was from New York? I did not know that he was. What? From what? You've never said yeah. that before. Yeah. And it's funny when people talk to me, they're like, are you from upstate? Because you your voice sounds like you're from upstate. I was like, yeah. I'm not from Florida. Uh, Mikey, well, we I mean, thought upstate Florida. Maybe. <laughs> no, please don't. They put me news. in that area. Wow. No, I'm not a Florida native, my friends. I didn't. I was not born there. All right, as, well, as, continue, continue, Ricky. Um, yeah, but um, you know, and as you get older and you hear all the drama and you watch it over and over again, and you're just like, "Huh, wow, this movie's really not good at all." <laughs> this movie is 
completely disregards Superman. Uh, of you know, we we talk about moving the Earth back in Superman the movie. In this one, he's got a cellophane S he's thrown off his chest. He's making uh-huh. holograms of himself. Uh-huh. Just completely disregards the character. And everyone that, you know, you bring this up, like, well, that wasn't Richard Donner. That was Lester. He came in and he did that. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I My big sticking point with this movie, and again, I do enjoy it for the charm, is, is and I use this all the time against uh, people that say that Cavill and, and Zack Snyder didn't understand Superman. And I'm going to use a very good point like I did in Superman the movie. Superman and Christopher Reeve and Superman Henry Cavill deal with bullies in both of their movies in very different ways. Superman takes a man, crush, or Clark Kent, crushes his fist into dust, this man that was bullying him, and makes a joke about it and puts him on his thing and sends him down. He's like, I'll take this to go. That's fine. He broke this man's and, hand. And, and he destroyed hand and he destroyed the the pinball machine or whatever. Right. That well, that's was. that's property damage. But his this it's, man's hand was crushed. It's bad for the restaurant owner, though. He just fixed the place up. But oh, people, wait a second. Wait a second. Hold Doesn't on. he crush Zod's hand? Doesn't the guy yeah, just oh, sure. punch him? Yeah, because Zod crushes him, and that's when he realizes the power was turned. But that's Zod. He deserved it. This is right, a, tr- the this bully, is a bully. Doesn't the bully just punch him and break his hand on his chest. Okay, yes. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't squeeze his hand. I think that is an important distinction. Okay, okay, okay. very good. Fair point, fair point. Yeah, uh, he, he crushes Zod's hand to dust, and Zod okay. deserves every inch of that. Okay, fair enough. And so the guy breaks his fist on Superman and he does whatever he does. He bruises some knuckles, Mikey. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. But, but then, then he, he does put him on the counter and slide him down. And throws him into the... the Well-deserved. He's physically assaulting the man. Whereas yeah. Kent... And Superman and, and Zack Snyder and Cavill dealt with a bully, and he didn't physically lay a hand on him. Yeah. So, so, and I don't want to say this is better than that, but to, for people to say that Cavill and Snyder didn't understand Clark Kent is completely false, because they did. He didn't physically assault a man or use what he had had to hurt someone, and the Chris Reeve version did it. So it's like, I got to go with that. Good point. Good point. Say that, but I thank you, uh, Adam, for correcting you. You're right, because I was confusing the two. But again, so- it's like, the powers at the end, it's like, oh, so now the red lights, his powers, and you're just like, so, what's going on here? Again, as a kid, this is exactly, as a kid, oh, sure. when, when you have no idea about lore, and some of these sequences, sorry, that's the first movie I'm thinking of. There's a whole underground sequence where Lex Luthor attacks, and that was put in later. But some of those powers, as a kid, you're just like, wow, awesome, awesome, awesome. Right. It's only later that you crave canon and you crave like what are the rules of the world because then you realize if he can turn the earth back then all of a sudden his other powers don't matter it's like if you can just do everything then right flying isn't that impressive no we're, we're on the yeah, same page so on that i watched this for what i think was the first time because i don't remember previous i thought i had previously watched it but i must have done what ryan did where he thought he had watched the first one he'd only watched the second i must have done only watched the first and not the second Mike, I think I sent you a text last night after you I did. watched it that said, "Wow, Christopher Reeve is Christopher Reeve is amazing." Sure, I'm not no no. He's amazing in all four of them. Superman two, not so much. This movie yeah. was rough. For and let me, me tell you this, <laughs> Adam, uh, Roxy, to go for your point, and and I've said this, even though three and four are terrible movies, Chris Reeve is still phenomenal in them. Yeah, he's, the scene, he is so good. His eyes, scene, his, his yeah. subtle, he's the so endearing. In 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 uh, Niagara Falls, where he burns his hand, and she's like, "Let me see, let me see." He's like, "No, no, 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 no," and she realizes that he's Superman, and then he makes the transition from like, "I've got to tell her," and he turns around, and his body just comes up. It's like. 
that's brilliant to me as a performer. Yeah. Like he embodied, and I so I can't fault the movie because. I'm not attacking Chris Reeves' performance. It's the film itself. It just get Johnny, it makes sense the things that you were saying about what happened going into the film because it just gets so convoluted at times. Oh man. And and the villains, I mean, it's it's so rough. And Zod is in, he is in much ado about nothing. Or so, <laughs> I mean, like he is on a different, he is yeah. in some Shakespearean production of some very prestigious play. But I love that. I love it too. I it's, love it. I think I he's so Terrence good in it. it. It's it's is what it is. But then with the world around it, like I don't know whether I'm supposed to laugh at him and his goonies. I don't know what why why is Lex so stupid? Why is Lex, Lex so dumb in he's this a buffoon. movie? He's a buffoon. He's a buffoon. He became the Otis of this movie. Yeah, he did. It just was tough. And, and as opposed to Superman 1, which I felt like there were plot holes and flaws, like the turning back of time with the Earth. For this one, I felt like it was 70% that and 30% shining moments. Uh, I still do really like Lois Lane in these two movies so far, yeah. though. It's, it is definitely a better iteration. What, Johnny, you're not into her? Well, number one, to add to your point about General Zod, I would love to know. I'd love to have a conversation with the costume designer because if they don't admit <laughs> they were influenced by the Bee Gees, uh, they're lying because that was flat out Bee Gees gear right there. <laughs> Secondly, you know, it's funny. I wanted to hear your, all, all your opinions first because all three of you are, are way more of an expert level at D.C., uh, canon and lore than I am. I'm actually shocked. I thought you guys were all going to say, this movie was amazing. I watched it and I was like, yo, this, and I'm not talking about the old school green screen and the special effects. I accept the fact that it was almost 40 years ago. Yeah. But boy, there were a lot of holes. For, I will agree. Christopher Reeve, timeless. He's amazing. I mean, he, he stole two <laughs> hot dogs. We don't even care. It's not a big deal. Hey, what um, is that? What was that? I don't know. He just took two hot dogs. I know. I but know. Lois Lane, I'll be honest. And, God rest Margot Kidder. I I found Lois Lane horribly unlikable in Superman too. See, I'm I'm kind of a Johnny. I've never been a Margot Kidder fan. There's always just been something about her that just I don't know. Oh, just, I dig her so much. I know you do, Rox. And, and like, there's just something about her I don't dig. And, I like and the, dig her the carelessness, but also I. This is what I do. I am strapping myself underneath this elevator going up to the Eiffel Tower. That's who I am. Some I'll figure it out later. I'm jumping into this water. Like I love the act first, think second aspect of her, and I really feel like she wasn't the same damsel in distress that we have ended up getting in later years with Lois Lane, even though she needs to be rescued often. I just feel like she's ballsy as hell, yeah. uh, which I love. And I also wanted to get to some things in the chat guys, because we've got great conversation going on in here. A couple super chats coming in from Dan V 900, which we really appreciate. He says, I watched the Donner cut in the last week and it's less campy than the Lester cut. Now there are hypocrites since he's not Superman much in that movie. And uh, just like The Dark Knight Rises, it's not great. So which one did I see? The theatrical one? I saw the Lester cut. Yes. Yeah. But you guys have all seen the Donner cut also? Yeah. yeah. So I guess I probably have never seen that. What are no. the big differences? It doesn't really hold together. Um, I can't... Mike, you, you have those, right? <laughs> it's, I, I, well, I bought them when they did the Superman uh, two Returns box set. There's like all of them. It's weird, Roxy. They put in a lot of Jor-El stuff with with um, Marlon Brando. That's right. it's, but it's weird. It's the CGI is not. It's not CGI, so it's this weird kind of greenish put in place. It doesn't look finished. 
Um, I don't remember too much about it. it. It just was very pasted together. It didn't feel like the ultimate cut Batman yeah. Superman, where it's like it was seamless. This feels like, oh, here's Donner's stuff that we inserted in. It's it, And they never said that it was going to be a finished film. This was just his work print. I don't think Donner actually worked on it the cut i don't think you know, he sat down and worked on that film worked with donner to put it together um, yeah i don't think it's it's not the original ending of superman 2 going to be lois dying as opposed to the just the, the magical kiss that erased her mind oh we forgot about that that's right the kiss yeah what oh god almighty didn't like that the, yeah that was brutal that yeah. was brutal but what was well johnny i don't think they could have killed her I don't think they could have killed her because we already established that Superman could turn back the world and right. bring anyone back to life. But that's kind of what I was thinking about the whole movie. Now that we've established that when she jumps in the water or anything happens, I'm like, there's no stakes here because if right. something happens there, yeah. he's just going to turn back time. Dan V900 also says, remember that Superman, the movie had a different ending as a cliffhanger and going back in time was supposed to be the end of two. Right. Lois shoots blanks instead of burning hand in Lester's cut. Right. Wow. Well, there you go. Know. Didn't know uh-huh. any of that. Didn't know any of uh, that also, my shout out to Larry Lease, who said Superman 2 is great, way better than Tom Brady. I don't want to give you a shout out, Larry Lease, <laughs> but you did give a super chat, so I will. Yeah. Uh, I and he also that. he also reminds everybody to hit the like button in here. So we appreciate that too, Larry. Pimp out our stream. Hit that like button. 150 people watching live right now. Let's get those likes going. Adam, what were you saying? I just wanted to say, I, I know I wasn't on the, the talk last week where you talked about Superman 1, but you know, people always go back to Donner discovering the verisimilitude, making it serious, right? So this movie starts out, you know, totally cutting out Brando, but still giving us the repeat of that sequence where the three villains are right. uh, sent in the Phantom Zone. I also wanted to point out that as a child, I always thought the line, because of his English accent, I will come for you, Joel, and someday your ears. I always thought he was saying your ass as a kid. So I that was a <laughs> I'm coming for your ass, Jarrell. And uh, I thought that was weird. But then um, uh, we but, also get the classic. I'm sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, the whole beginning of the first movie is so serious. And I get choked up with the father just every time I even think about it. And it just lays the groundwork for a world. And this movie jumps you in way campier. And as an adult, I can realize how much more poorly made of a film it is. And I'll say this because, one, it's got one of my favorite Chris Reeve lines of all time. It's like, excuse me, General, would you care to step outside? Yes. It's brilliant. Brilliant. But then on the other hand, like, I see something like Batman, which came out nine years later than, you know, or, you know, 11 years later. And they use, what I can't stand about the Superman movies is Metropolis. They didn't do anything to make Metropolis. It is New York City. Straight up. And I hate that. I hate that. The fact that, Gotham and and Anton First, who designed Burton's, and they built built a million dollar Gotham City, speaks volumes of what they thought about the comic. Like I can't watch Superman. I'm like, this is this is. I mean, they have the Statue of Liberty in one scene for God's sakes. It's like I know they don't do anything different, so it doesn't work for me like that. And it also, this is me being a, a continuity snob. But when Lois flies with him to the Fortress of Solitude, she brings a little purse. How does she have nine outfit changes? I just. <laughs> He goes well, and gets you them. know what we can fit in our purses, Johnny? We are oh, magic. Here is right. Roxy. Yes. I'm just thinking through the movie in my head. How did that New York fight work for you? I won't even say Metropolis fight because like Mikey, I've yeah. always thought of it as New York too. But again, because I grew up there, I kind of yeah. didn't mind that. But that fight, that whole part where he comes back, 
I, that's one of my favorite sequences in all of movies. Really? Uh, no, it didn't work as well for me yeah. when you get when we throw them into the billboard and the whole thing. I mean, and the guy's ice cream cone with the. I think that they they <laughs> that really struggles from being a pre CGI pre like there was just so many strange tech things in that. Uh, uh, but I do hear you, and I know I we have to get scene. out of here. Uh, so I do want to get final thoughts from you guys, Johnny. Anything else? Any last minute Superman two thoughts? Oh, no, I think we covered it uh, well. I'm excited for <laughs> Superman 3 because who doesn't no, you're love not. Richard Pryor? No, okay, you're but not. This is what we decided oh, for God, next Superman week. 3. Ryan, maybe you can do some quick Googling for us, but I believe the one next on our list, which is going to make Mike so happy. I know it is. It is. You're right. That he wants to watch it would be Swamp Thing. It is. It's 82. It is Swamp next. Thing! Okay, so Swamp Thing is next. By good old Wes Craven. I cannot wait. I cannot wait yeah, for this. it was 1982. Uh, Adam, hopefully we get you for next week. Johnny... Obviously, we'd love to have you too. Uh, if oh, you I know what you're doing, Adam. What? I know what he's doing. He's What's growing he his doing? arm back like in Swamp Thing. He's holding up to the sunlight, growing his arm back. All right. Come on, it's Swamp Thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, Adam is Swamp Thing. That's the whole point. Daddy is. Adam, in the meantime, though, where can everybody keep up with you? Uh, you can find uh, Doghouse Kitchen, Badass Breakfast Burritos, Plant B, and Bad Mother Clucker, all available in Hollywood for delivery or pickup through all your major delivery services. Adam. That's where I'll be. Adam, real quick, to piggyback on that. Do you have a walk-up window that I could go to? I believe they do. I'm not sure if it's active yet or not. Okay. They were building it at that facility. Again, 615 Northwestern. Um, okay. I don't know if they had to to put, to, um, put that idea aside because okay. of the current situation because they have to keep the drivers six feet apart. Gotcha. Uh, my, my restaurant's in a facility with 30 other restaurants. But, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I got you. Got yeah. you. Got you. Okay. Okay. Buddy, but gotcha. also uh, on Twitter, everyone reach out yeah. and we can continue this discussion uh, about Dick, Donner, Lester, Superman to mash up. Continue the discussion about Dick. I was like, what the heck? Where do we go here? Yeah. Yeah. Dick, Dick, yeah, Donner. Well, Dick, Dick Donner. conversations and sausage conversations. Please direct them to Adam. Yes. M- Mike, where Rocks. can everybody find you? My friend at Mike Kalinowski underscore. Artist formerly known as. Formerly, formerly known as Mike Klonowski. Is it Mike Klonowski underscore? Johnny LaQuasto, our love. We're so happy to have you join us today. Where can everybody keep up with you? Do we get grace with your presence in the future? Talk to us. Yeah, why not? As always, at Jay Quasto. Um, if you can tell by the background behind me, I started you know, following in Roxy's footsteps. Got my own little YouTube project going on called Triple Threat, where I do, a, it's basically a conversation slash game show with three very different, very interesting people. So you can just click on my YouTube and subscribe. I'd love to, to have you watch that. Otherwise, uh, I want to thank everyone um, for supporting me over the past uh, year plus on uh, on the journey, and uh, I hope to have it continue soon. But yeah, I can't wait to come back. I mean, let's uh, let's make it happen. Ryan, our amazing producer at Ryan Nelson at Ryan Nelson R Y N I L S C N. Oh, she got it. She got it. You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And in thirty minutes from now, I will be live at the Roxy. I'm doing some show and tell today, guys. I have a box of, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm, I keep like memory boxes. So I'm going through one of my memory boxes. Oh nice. God, uh, the things that are going to come out of that thing. I don't even know what's in oh, here. I, I'm not pre-screening it. So oh, no. we'll see what the hell is in there. Oh, Could God. be a doozy. Uh, thank you guys for watching DC Movie News. Do not forget to like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate you guys all being here and we'll see you next week, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time on Popcorn Talk Network to talk about Mikey's favorite, just kidding. Adam's favorite, Swamp Thing. 
from producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.